This is Metal Recall, episode four. My name is Niall Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Koskella. How's it going, mate? It's going great. Good Back stuff. at it. Indeed. So, Metal Recall is a retrospective podcast in which myself and Aaron take turns bringing a personally significant album to the table for discussion. Along the way, recording our memories of the album and educating each other, and you, the listener, of its impact on our metal listening lives. So, this week, it's Aaron's turn. What are we listening to, mate, and, and why did you choose it? Uh, the album is Darker Handcraft by Trap Them, a uh, band from <clears throat> Salem, New Hampshire, and we're reviewing it because it is an absolute beast monster of an album that never lets up for a single second. Did you get into it when it came out? Did you pick it up? The Were you into the band before then, or was it just you um, kind of discovered it through somebody else? Or It's a... It's a um, Discovery through the um, one of the apps, you know, Spotify type of yeah. job. Yeah, nice. And what did you? Which what is fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what was? Um, what did you sort of think first time you heard it? Like, I was absolutely floored. Nice. But just absolutely floored at how relentless and blistering it was. I mean, we're going to throw a lot of adjectives out there, but it was. It just absolutely floored me, start to finish. Nice. I must admit, I hadn't even heard of the band before you uh, suggested that we do that. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is not really a scene that I'm all that familiar with. So it was, it's was it been quite an education for me, which is good, which is why we do this. Yep. Um, so, you know, probably more for my benefit than anybody else's. Can you give us a little bit of a background into the band? What, what kind of style sure, they are? Sure, sure. Um, just to touch on, on, I think now, now I'm remembering. It's funny how so much comes out the more we start, when we actually start discussing this, discussing these bands on the podcast. Memories come out. I think it was definitely Scars Align was, you know, as as the algorithm plays out on Spotify, Scars Align came on, and I just was absolutely floored. Went to the album, start to finish. Oh, nice, yeah. Hooked. Um, trapped them from Salem, New Hampshire. Based off the wiki page, it's uh, started by the frontman Ryan McKinney and the guitarist Brian Izzy. Mm-hmm. They met at a comic book store. Um, both were in bands before this. Put their heads together. Looks like they became roommates, good friends, and the rest is history. And they started Trap Them. A comic book store is probably a pretty good place to meet other metalheads, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> nice. Related. Nerds. Yeah, indeed. Metalheads, nerds, comic books. It's all the same. It's all the same. Um, I, I went through the... Uh, after you suggested we do these guys, I, I um, thought I'd have a little look on the wiki page as well. And uh, what's really fun about doing what we're doing is, you know, we've had Swedish melodic death metal. We had Shoegaze, which was a new one for me. Right. We had hardcore slash just thrash with mm-hmm. propane. And this week we have Grindcore and Crust Punk. Right. Which is a new one for me as well. I had to look up what Crust Punk was. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's quite interesting when you read through the description, just finding out a little bit of, you know, what makes the band what they are. And they describe this buzzsaw guitar tone. Yep. Which is a really, you know, when I was listening to it, I couldn't even sort of come up with the words to describe what I was hearing. So buzzsaw kind of made a lot of sense to me. And they talk about complex and sometimes discordant guitar work, which I think is really sort of 
um, key to their sound, really. And then the 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 band you got to mention when you talk about the Buzzsaw guitar, which is all over the internet, is Entombed. They were the ones that made that sound famous. Yeah. And if you if you've never listened to uh, Wolverine Blues, the album by Entombed, you need you need to. <laughs> you need to put that thing on repeat. All right, that's an absolute that's masterpiece. More homework for me. And that's a uh, that's an album that is, it's up there with uh, at the gates, um, the at the gates album that's that's famous, the uh, Entombed Wolverine Blues. That's an album that's not even worth reviewing because everyone and their mothers reviewed it. It's considered a masterpiece. Oh, it's awesome. But yeah, that sound is came from Entombed. Did you know that they took their name from a 1977 film by Joe D'Amato called Trap Them and Kill Them? No, I did not. There you go. Sounds like a, a zombie flick? Cannibal flick? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's um, also known... Oh, actually, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. I think it's in Italian, but yeah. it definitely makes reference... Oh, hold on. Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Okay, yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just one more thing before we move on. Um, I was looking through the discography now unfortunately this is a band that's no longer going right obviously um and they only released five studio albums mm-hmm. but some of the um some of the language shall we say is quite colorful mm-hmm. um obviously we've got darker handcraft which is very suggestive and quite creepy but they followed this release up in 2014 with bliss fucker <laughs> And then in 2016 with Crown Feral, which is uh, is really kind of... Great terms, great, yeah, great yeah. words, great choice. And there's also another EP in 2007 called Cunt Heir to the Throne. Oh, yeah, for the kids. Yeah, part, part, of, my, <laughs> part of my French. I just thought that some of that stuff was kind of disgustingly yeah. descriptive. Yeah. Um, so what we like to do is... Um, before we really get into the album is to sort of set the scene, shall we say. Um, and we're going eight years into the past for, to 2011. Um, and as I was saying to you before we came on air, you might not have been aware of this, but 2011 was also the year that Junius released the album that we've already, re- we've already reviewed, Reports from the Threshold of Death. So 2011 was quite the... Uh, quite the year for you in terms of finding good yeah, albums yeah so we've, we've we've kind of we've done this before but I'll just I'll just run through a few things that happened in in 2011 Black Sabbath reformed um, Slipknot did their first tour since um, the death of their bassist Paul Gray um, and unfortunately 2011 was also the year when Jeff Hanneman contacted the flesh-eating disease that would oh, ultimately lead yeah. to his death um, and some great albums that we, 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 we both talk about last time that were released that year. Amon Amarth, Sir to Rising. I know that's a big one for you. Cavalier Conspiracy, Blunt Force Trauma. Their first album? Second. Okay. I think. Oh, is it? I can't remember. I think it's the second. Hey, as long as the boys are back. Yeah. In Flames, Sounds of a Playground Fading. Um, you had Trivium, In Waves, Machine Head, Unto the Locust. We also had the ill-fated Metallica Lou Reed collaboration. Oh, Lulu. Lord, total garbage. Yeah. Unlist- Sorry. Unlistenable. <laughs> yeah. Unlistenable. And finally, Megadeth 13. So, that's 2011, which is when Darker Handcraft came out. Um, 
Let's have a let's have a little bit of a background to the album. Sure. Um, looks like this was the <clears throat> the first thing to note. It was their departure from Deathwish Inc. Uh, record label to Prosthetic Records, mm-hmm. which is renowned for the the home of the first two Lamb of God albums, as well as one of my personal favorites, Gojira. Oh, cool. I was, I was happy to hear that. So, third album, switched them from Death Wish to Prosthetic Records, and that's when they teamed up with uh, the big name is is Kurt Balau, guitarist from Converge. Uh, another album, if you don't know it, Jane Doe by Converge. They've already had their anniversary reissued that album and did an anniversary tour of that album. Absolutely pummeling. Nice. Uh, math, math. Heart, mathematical hardcore album that's just again relentless as fuck that's um, one that I've heard about um, but I've never actually ventured down the Converge path yeah I, I knew it was amazing when it came out kind of forgot about it and then revisited revisited the album on the anniversary of, a few years ago and it still still holds true to be just absolutely just skull crushing so Kurt Blau the guitarist uh, of Converge Interesting bit about him. He's created God City Recording Studio in Massachusetts, where Trap Them was was completed. And an interesting interesting bit about Kurt is he's a former bioengineer. Oh. Who was let go, given a severance package. He had the option to take a severance pack severance package or a new position at the job as a bioengineer. Took the severance package, built God City Recording studio and from there had total control over converge and then recording producing mixing and finalizing a ton of other bands that are that are that are coming out of there so i have to bear that in mind if either of us ever loses our job yeah uh, yeah maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel and of course there's all kinds of interesting bits online about the fact that he takes his you know his history his his skills as a bioengineer, obviously, there's devil in the details, so he's obviously going to apply that as an audiophile and recording uh, Yeah, that's interesting. Artists. So he's the guitarist of Converge, and he was the producer for this, this album? Yeah, he actually... Um, he not only... Yeah, he does all production, engineering, and mastering. Right. So he's a one-stop shop. And yeah, just a quick bit, when he was um, recording Jane Doe with Converge, they said that he was watching the producer like a hawk. So I think he studied this guy's engineering and producing processes, combined it with his you know, work ethic as a bioengineer, and then took it from there. Oh, that's very cool. And I think he kind of, as we get into this album, to talk about all the little bells and whistles and hooks and symbols and fills like this guy pulls all that out of the instruments and you can hear it i think he, he it's evident that he knows how to create like surgical it's a feeling yeah isn't it? it's like when yeah. you when you listen to the the album you can't help but feel like you're almost like suffocated by yeah. the sound in a way it's like it's relentless it's on you yeah which is really cool um it's also a ridiculously short album, isn't it? Yeah. It's like 31 minutes, yeah. I think. But um, I think I remember reading that uh, it was the first album with, with their new drummer. 
right? Um, Chris Maggio, yep. I think. Um, and the lead singer, Ryan McKenney, um, noted that there was a, a nice togetherness with the band, which I'm not familiar with the band, but doesn't really say much for the previous drummer. Yeah. <laughs> if they were like, we seem, <laughs> we seem to be having a really good time at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, rapport is good. And uh, yeah, as long as everything's meshing, you're going to get better results. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's... Uh, I've got a bunch of reviews, I think, that we should dive into. And one of them I want to go a little bit on a deeper dive because it features um, an interview with Ryan McKenney where he talks about a little bit of the um, of the process and how they got to where they're, sure. they're going. But I think, in summary... Everything that I read was largely positive. I couldn't really find anything that that was was negative. I'm gonna or... jump the gun and just give you a, a quick one. Do it because you, we 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 wanted to know. We're talking about <clears throat> about the album being so frenetic and punishing. Uh, just off the cuff here, I don't know where this review came from, but it just nailed it to a T. A reviewer said, when all is combined, you get the most angry, frenetic, and evil album of their career. Mm. And the punishment doesn't end. It just continues the onslaught, giving no time for the listener to catch their breath. The frenzy of riffs and cymbal crashes just annihilate on all levels, leaving nothing but destruction in its wake. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, to be honest. I th- you know, we were saying before we, well, before we um, plugged in today that... Going through, I was looking forward to going through the reviews because this album clearly um, just provokes this real visceral response in people, and some of the language used in the reviews is is absolutely amazing. I read one that I don't have written out, and I I can't um, credit who wrote it, but said something like, "It's like it's like shooting a rocket, like a missile." At a 747 that is filled with like shrapnel and like ball bearings, um, and then and then saying something like, um, to the length of the album, like it's obviously frenetic and it's it's full on, and you want more. But the guy said, "I'm pretty sure that my body would have just been ripped apart." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's definitely it's definitely an album that does kind of. Um, inspire yeah some colourful language shall we say yeah it's great I've got a really good one from Revolver Revolver magazine um, and they gave the album 4 out of 5 so they're obviously very high on it and I'm just going to read out the majority of this because it's quite a short one but it says um, just like on their last album Trap Them gets all the little things right the guitars thrash and rage like uncaged beasts while new skinsman Chris Maggio gives a tight and driving performance. Every instant evokes a mosh pit on the edge of the world, claustrophobic, terrifying, and teetering on the verge of chaos. Yes, yes. Again, it's 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 that like this isn't like written in sort of plain speak. This is like just some of the language is amazing. Yes, yeah, someone was catching feelings when yeah. they wrote that. He goes on to say, um, but the bigger picture is occasionally flawed. At their best, darker handcraft songs are rollicking bouts of bedlam that froth with venom and rage, but other tracks fall flat, favouring simple and uninspired chugs that grow old after a few listens. There's no reference to what songs he's talking about here. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, there's there's definitely songs on the album that I uh, like more than others. Right. But I don't I don't know that I would say that that's that's merit. Yeah, it's hard to say anything bad about this album, in my opinion. It, uh, in I my think there's really standout tracks, maybe some so-so average to good tracks, and then tracks that are just good. Yeah. I actually found it a little bit hard at first to pick out standout tracks because actually it's so short. Mm-hmm. A lot of the songs kind of blend into one another. Right. And it's almost just like a an experience from start to finish. So it's kind of... It, those peaks and troughs is obviously things that you like more than most, but um, I think you can kind of almost see it as one long yeah. song, really. Yep. Just to finish this one off, um, he does go on to say, yet even at its worst... Darker Handcraft ripped harder than almost anything that has come out this year so far. And for that, it deserves any metal, hardcore, or punk fan's attention. Amen. And that was Clark Reed for Revolver, which I thought was a good review. Yep. Um, this next one I found is from Rock Sound Magazine. 8 out of 10. So again, a um, really high score. And this has some really nice language in which I thought was really funny. So... Listening to Darker Handcraft is like finding positives in tragedy or seeing the beauty in ugliness. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah. You're going to like this even more. Yeah. You're not supposed to crane your neck to view highway carnage. A footballer snaps his tibia and you can't help but watch the replay. (laughs) You know that horror movie is going to scare you shitless, but you still pay the overpriced admission. That's it. This that's is, the best. That's 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 this, this is, album. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. This yeah. like uh, just this visceral like reaction to everything. This it's like an experience. Listen to this album. So he goes on to say it's humanity's fascination with the dark side of the force, which makes darker handcraft a treat to experience. It sounds ferocious. Treat. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real treat. It sounds ferocious and it's gonna. It even sounds you- better in your British accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a real treat. Anyway, it sounds ferocious and is going going to have you feeling filthy and dealing with tinnitus after, but nothing's going to stop you from rocking rocking the fuck out to its deathly charm. And then you said you wanted to take it, you needed a shower, right? Exactly. That's why I, that's why I love this review because I remember the first time I listened to it from start to finish, I sent you a message saying I feel like I need a shower yeah, after this. Yeah. So filthy is a you really yeah. really good adjective. Yeah. Um. There's, there's one last one that I just wanted to read out a couple of things to you because, I, as I mentioned before, I think there's one term in this review that I love, actually, and it, it kind of summed up what I think about this album. But then the review is, is part interview with, with Ryan McKenney. So it's from Exclaim, and um, there, isn't a, there isn't a like score rating but okay. the review reads fairly positively. Let's hear it. Well, I'm not going to... The one thing I wanted to read out is that the guy says um, that it's an album full of dark agility. Mm. And I quite like that because I don't actually think... When I, when, I, when I put the headphones on and I started to listen to this, I, I thought, I know what I'm in for here. It's just going to be like this one... One, one speed, one intensity, and, and I think the intensity does stay, but actually there is still a bit of a dynamic range within... There's different time signatures. There's parts where the drum fills feel like the song's absolutely going to fall apart. Yeah. And then there's it just... just like, there's, yeah. there's chaos. Ca- it just tightens right up and it's, fo- yeah. it's like falling apart. 
It's like the, everything in the kitchen sink, all the dishes falling, falling over, and then and then it just it comes right back and just yeah. it just keeps just trucking along. And there's <laughs> there's tempo changes, there's um, creepy guitar lines to ride cymbals, like, ride cymbals. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a huge fan of like yeah, just banging on that ride, <laughs> <laughs> just banging on the ride. Yeah, yeah. But um, I thought you know dark agility is like yeah, a real good. nice term. So anyway, he then um, starts to uh, interview Ryan McKenney, and the first the first question um, or the first statement that he asks for a response to is, "This album finds you mining some new dirtier territory." Mm. There's another filthy adjective. Yeah. But um, Ryan McKenney says, "I'll read this quote to you." This record is probably the closest embodiment of what we've been working towards since starting. At first, we had a large grindcore influence and death metal approach. There's only so far you can take that when you don't have a death metal vocalist, though. I came from a punk background, and that's the only way I can do it. I can't growl, so I'm not going to try. We had this common ground of knowing what we really like and what this band would become, which is heavy, heavy rock with blast beats and a lot of piss and vinegar. Oh, yeah. We've slowly morphed into that, but there were hints early on, so it's so it's not a surprise for people who've listened to us since the start. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was interesting because I don't really know anything about this band, and it sounds like this, like a few of the albums that we've done so far, represented a bit of a, a change yeah. or evolution. Yeah, absolutely. In style. Um, There's a running theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think these are, you know, the kind of albums that, that sort of change things for certain bands. Yeah, you don't always have to be a purist. That's true. I like what he was saying about, you know, almost not working within your limitations, but just, you know, inviting a different flavor. So yeah. he has really got that punk styling of the vocals. Um, and then there's just a couple of other things I wanted to uh, tell you. Um, he goes on to say, We'll take songwriting over technicality or the modern version of brutality any day. We want to write songs, not riffs. Then he says, Some people might think we're too stripped down and boring for a three and a half minute song with only four riffs and five parts. What they're not grasping is that's what rock, that's what built rock and roll and punk in the first place. It wasn't uh, braggadocious competing for making every riff mind-blowing. It's about mind-blowing songs, not riffs. That's what's important. Okay, nice. I, li- I like that approach. Um... And then finally, I'll, I'll just end with this, because as we talked about before, you know, what we, what we normally do when we get together and we talk through these albums is we try and establish some themes, like what they're singing about. And as we've both come to know, the lyrics to this album don't exactly appear anywhere as far as I could, no, I could I see. No, I was digging, I was digging. You can, I think you can determine a few things from... I, I think mean, the facts. I think that's the only one... Where it, where it stands out. Where it stands out, and there's a clear reference to um, <clears throat> to the Misfits. Yeah, yeah. But what it, what this album, um, it, what this interview does reveal is a little bit of what his themes are, which I thought was interesting. So the interviewer asks, there's an overriding darkness to this album. Where does it come from? And Ryan McKenney says, I think it's just witnessing modern life when things aren't necessarily handed to you. A positive outlook is an underlying theme of life, but you also accept the bleak future a lot of people have. And then he goes on to say, 
I'm not all about, we're all going to die, this is so fucked up, but I appreciate, but I associate with everyday life and modern day lower class struggles. That's a bleak part of the world, I'd rather focus on that. It's authentic. Yeah. We've, and ta- we've talked about this before. We have, and it, it's this... Um, the realness. The realness, the accepting of um, not so shiny aspects of life and embracing it and getting frustrations and aggression and... Yeah. all of that out and I guess it's quite obvious that this is obviously a dark album but it's interesting to, to sort of hear him talk about it yeah and on that note um, something that is only revealed through video and photo this guy Ryan <laughs> pretty much anytime I've, anytime you see something online an interview even performance he's always got a black eye a cut Something, some, something's cut on his face almost at all times, wow. and I'll just double down and say he made the list of frontmen that performed with a broken, not one foot, but two broken feet. Oh, I wondered why he was sitting in a computer chair. <laughs> yeah, this was. I'm, I'm showing a picture of him sitting at a, at a at a computer desk chair on a stage. There's also footage on YouTube of him performing in a wheelchair with two casts on his leg. Jesus. And uh, he, he, broke, he broke his feet. This is what's even more fucked up. He broke both of his feet jumping off a monitor, a speaker, during a show. They don't have footage of him actually breaking his feet, but there is footage of him performing at this festival where he broke his feet, finishing the last, I think, three minutes of the show. Wow. And he's, 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 he's holding himself up on one of the monitors, and he's finishing the last three and a half, four minutes. And knowing, knowing that makes viewing it all the more excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that image looks like he could be doing a gig in Staples. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... So he's, he's a hardcore dude. Yeah, he's pretty hardcore, and uh, yeah... I mean, personally, I can only imagine what it must have been like to go see these guys live. Yeah. Um, Probably quite scary, actually, but yeah, one more, definitely one more, an experience. One more bit on that. One of the reviews, um, another review on, on their live set. Trap Them set felt like a f- fusillade of hand grenades. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one on Wikip- Wikipedia came from Dre Oak Oak. Okerly of Absolute Punk remarked that Darker Handcraft deciphers this one's really creative bringing it back to uh, horror shows um, Darker Handcraft deciphers what Leatherface turned into his special forte <laughs> it stretches skin and curdles blood like it's a walk in the park <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite one yet yeah. how, how do you that's that's the effect this album has on you. It just makes you the most creative writer yeah. on the face of the earth. Um, you know what, what's also kind of... I, I was thinking this to myself when I was listening to the album. If this is like... This would be almost like one of the worst albums to put on to somebody who doesn't listen to metal. Yeah. And they're like, why do you like... What do you listen yeah. to? What's your favorite? You I think it would this? induce tears. I yeah. think this album could induce tears to somebody that's never even really partaken of any kind of hardcore or metal yeah. i mean a lot of, a lot of times that i've <laughs> a lot of times i've played any metal or somebody's just some metal that doesn't listen to it and they one of the 
one of the things that I always hear is, why would you want to listen to something that just gives you so much? I feel anxious. Like, I feel like I want to, like, I don't know, just, like, run away. And this album, you know, it kind of does... It, is it does an- that. Anxiety-inducing. It, it absolutely does. But because I'm a fan of the genre, it's, you know, it's like, you know, comedy and horror are related. The, the sensations you get when you laugh are the, some related to the sensations you get when you're scared. So when I hear this album and it gives me that anxiety, I catch myself and reflect because I'm a fan of this, I just, I start laughing. Yeah. There's moments it's just, it's absolute chaos or like I said, it sounds like the song is breaking apart and then it just p- puts itself back together and it just keeps fucking going. Yeah. Both, you know, instrumentally, vocally, and it's just, it's not, it's just a quick 30 minute burst of absolute rage. <laughs> sure is. Um, before we go any further with our impressions of the album, let's do our thing with the album art. I sure. Think. Um, yeah, we I get both, a bit about this guy as well. Good stuff. Yeah. As we're both in the design industry, we obviously pay great attention to, um, to the design elements of the the album cover um, and with the danger the darker handcraft album cover you've got quite an interesting illustration so do you want to kick us off with some thoughts or some background you said you had something about the artist yeah yeah I found an article well the artist's name is Justin Bartlett and he's known for doing uh, they call him an extreme metal illustrator and there's a bit where he talks about uh, he explains 10 of his creepiest works and, of course, the first one on the list is Trap Them. He says, quote, Since the band were named after a film called Trap Them and Kill Them, the disembodied heads... Well, that's or, what that is. It's a disembodied head, are meant to evoke a sense of despair from the ensuing misery of being trapped. I always thought the name referring to the traps or miserable, miserable situations that, that societal masters have created for us, in a larger sense... Though, and not simply just black and white gore. Well, that's quite descriptive. Yeah. Um, this is definitely one that I would have hidden from my dad when I was living at home. Yeah. Because it, it looks it looks like the type of illustration I think the FBI find in serial killers like diaries. Yep. It's nailed it. It's dark. It's fucked up. Black but, and white, pen and ink. That's what I love to- about it. It's it's almost like scraping. Yeah. It's over it's, it's and like, over. It's like a a scribble yeah. is like the um, the way that the, the sort of eye holes kind of draw you in because they've got that Fucking almost eyes, man. yeah magnetic quality to them. Yeah. And then the the typography is the what I love the most about Classic it. Classic metal, yeah. Slayer, upside down crosses. Got to have an inverted cross. Yeah, the love. I mean, it's 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 pretty awful to look at. Yeah part of the allure it's part of the um, it, it, it fits it fits fits everything we're talking about it's the visual equivalent to <laughs> the yeah. album are you gonna get some heads turned if you wear this on a t-shirt and guaranteed go, go to work guaranteed so what's uh, wrong with that guy yeah exactly keep an eye on him i hope the fbi are watching him he's That's on the that list kind of he's on the list um so out of 10 what are you saying oh 10 oh going big yeah I love that confidence. Yeah. 
Um, oh, you know, I was going to go low, but you've inspired me. Now I'm going. I'm going to go eight. Okay. Um, it's certainly a, a marked improvement from the last album and the propane. Yeah. And I think I probably would wear this on the t-shirt because. I would definitely wear that on a shirt. I don't know if I'd wear it to work. No, I wouldn't but... wear it to work. I mean, there's a time and a place, isn't it? But I'd, I'd, I'd wear it out. And, yeah, you know. I think it's... I mean, at first glance, it looks like a very simple illustration. But to your point, when you get into the details, this is this is scribbled by a serial killer. Yeah. And it probably took... It, it, it probably wasn't done in five minutes. And uh, what did you say the artist's name was again? Justin Bartlett. So let's hope that the FBI are watching him too, because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got some warped imagination. But he, um, you showed me some of his work before, and he looks like a... Oh, yeah, he is fucked up. That's cool, though. Yeah. So he's done He's done album art. He's, he's, done, he's done a bit of packaging. He's yeah. done posters. He's got a really intricate style. Yeah, pen and ink. I wonder how long... It's like almost pointless at times. Yeah. Um, and I like the, you said that he did like a special edition for like a, a tour that they right. did, which was so it took the, cool as well. It took the, um, it took the album art inspired from Trap Them and basically put, uh, impaled spikes through the same artwork. So those hollow eyes have spikes and poles impaling and coming through them. Nice. Yeah. So if you're listening... Um, check out Justin Bartlett. He's got some cool stuff there. Absolutely. Right. I think it's time um, to get some hot takes, if you like, on the album. Sounds like we're both fans, but why don't you kick us off and tell me a little bit of what you think about what we've just listened to? Yeah. The uh, Again, the album, start to finish, is pretty short, but it's 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 absolutely, positively blistering, Non-stop ear fuckery. You need a shower when you're done with this one. Oh, you do. I need a but shower right now, actually. The the tracks in between tr- the tracks, you just never have a, a moment to rest, even between songs. As soon as something closes and wraps up, the next track kicks off, and it's just absolutely relentless. I've got two. Uh, I got to mention here my top three tracks. Got to go with the Victionaries. Another thing we haven't mentioned that that's also uh, impressive about this album is despite how nasty and filthy sounding it is, uh, with its you know high trebles and its buzzsaw bass and lows, it still grooves and has hooks. Yeah, and to the point, the songwriting is just fantastic. So Evictionaries has just this mean groove that you can easily get into. That was actually. You know what we've we've. That's probably the grooviest one. We do our highlights obviously every time, but we had exactly the same three this time around, which uh-huh. is quite rare. But Evictionaries, I think it's like track four mm-hmm. on the album. Yep. That was the first one where, as I'm listening to it from start to finish, was the first one where I was like, "Hold up, what's this one?" Yep. Looked down at my phone to make a note of yep. the um, of the title, and I, I think it was probably because that chorus. Like the, they do this a lot through the album. There's, you know, really driving, like chaotic guitars. And then it breaks out into this really creepy, like guitar over the top, just like uh-huh. playing notes. So the creepy squeals a la Sepultura sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I would have that. Yeah, I can go with that. But um, I mean, the guitar work is brilliant 
on I mean the guitar work is brilliant on this whole album actually and this is Evictionaries is probably one of those ones that the term dark agility you mm-hmm. know that reflects in that um, so that was definitely one of my highlights as well yeah you get the next one it's the same one The Facts The Facts yeah well before I go into The Facts I um, just want to give you a little bit of uh, an overall thought from for what I think for the album okay I've got three words to describe, um, no, sorry, four, four, uh-huh. similar to what you said, um, chaotic, pummelin, uh-huh. visceral, and filthy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that, that, that's, that's really funny that we kind of, yeah. from those reviews, from you listen to it, me listen to it, like we all feel that way after it. But I mean, I actually wasn't sure that I would like it when um, I listened to the first track, like I said before, I was like, it kicked off and I was like, oh, it's going to be like this the entire time. But then I think uh, I really grew into it. And I, I probably when Evictionaries kicked off, that's when it kind of... It's like playing in the mud as a kid. <laughs> you want to scrub... After this album, you've got to scrub your eardrums, but it it, it tickled your eardrums the whole time. Yeah, and it, it, at first it's like, this is a And bit the more di- you listen to it... You're like, this is a bit disgusting. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm fucking loving this shit. Um, I actually think... For me, it's uh, the album's over very quickly. Thirty-one mm-hmm. minutes, like we said. But actually, Is that good or bad? I think that's good. I think yeah. it's a good thing because yeah. there's no fucking around. It's just like, just yeah. straight at it. Um, yeah. Next, next highlight that we both had was the the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you picked up on this, um, but I thought that intro riff almost sounded a bit Motorhead esque. Sure. It yeah. kicks off the really low rumble. I don't know if it's a bass or a guitar. I think it's probably uh-huh. a guitar, but it just has that almost Ace of Spades kind of yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we we talked about it's this. It's all be- in there, man. We talked about this before, but this is probably the most. I think this is the most the catchiest chorus. Uh-huh. Is one of the only times on the album that I could actually decipher what he was saying because, like we said, mm-hmm. lyrics aren't anywhere on the on the internet. The yeah, go into that for a bit. The um. I, you said this to me the other day when we were talking about this. It sounds live, the album. Yeah. And I really think it does. And I think one of the, one of my slight issues with that is I feel like the the vocals are buried quite low uh, in the mix. Yeah. And when you don't have the vo- the lyrics, it's it's really hard to decipher what he's saying. Now I love the the, the general feeling of. Um, but I wish I knew what he was saying. I mean, that's I, I bet we would like this album more if we exactly. knew what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, every time we do this, we kind of take a deep dive into the lyrics and try and like connect with them on some level. Um, but it's really hard. You can sense the tone. I just thought of that. If we knew what he was saying, it'd be even more visceral. But yeah. we don't even know what the fuck he's saying. Well, we do know on the facts, though, don't we? Because he says, I am that goddamn son of a bitch. I, thi- I think we're going to email... Uh, prosthetic records for lyric, lyric, lyric give, me, give us the lyric sheet. Yeah, do a, a retrospective. One. All right. Yeah, I'm into and we'll that. have a follow up to this podcast. Yeah, but I think what's quite interesting is you kind of um, there's because of the way that the the vocals are delivered, um, it's it's it is compelling even if you can't hear it what he's saying because you can you oh, go with, with the attitude yeah. and the emotion and the general feeling and like I just mentioned obviously the chorus for the facts is I am that goddamn son of a bitch 
which we talked about is a clear reference to Where Eagles Dare by the Misfits, which is, quite funnily, I ain't that goddamn <laughs> son of a bitch. So this is... This Ryan is, is that guy. That, this is amazing that, you know, you imagine him listening to that album one day and he's like, hold on, I am that goddamn son of a <laughs> <Yeah>. bitch. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. But you can, you can, you, you know, I can imagine, like I said, like, when you listen to this album, you can feel what it w- would have been like to be to see in this live because the album sounds like a live album yeah just without crowd noise so i can imagine everybody hooking onto that one line when you see them live absolutely um the fact was one of your favorites too yeah oh yeah big one time. Of your things um take us with the next highlight which the we... last track is scars align yeah and that's if anything it's probably the slowest track on the album yet it's one of the dirtiest I think there's a there's a song just before Scars Align that, um, and I forget what the name is it now, um, but it has like a real slow, right groove to it. It's uh, it's called Drag the Wounds Eternal, and that was quite an interesting song. Yeah, on the that album. one drag. But the the Scars Align definitely has that dynamic within right. within the the track. Right. Um, yeah, I think that just kind of wraps up the album nicely and the mm-hmm. fact that it it is a little slower than the other tracks but it's just it's also because of that because it's slowed down you get you get to hear all the filthiness yeah. you get to hear all of that and you get to hear him drag his uh, his voice out and that's that's the chorus scars align the um, it, because it is slower like you said you hear all that filthiness it sounds even more evil and more ominous and the pre-chorus chorus chorus, like the guitar work is amazing and and i think you know just to double down on what you just said before the um it's the perfect closer to the album you know the first the first track damage pros it comes in and just tears your head off straight away but scars align that's the moment when you finish that because you know you remember the start the end of the song it just kind of falls away breaks down Uh and there's that creepy guitar line that's the moment when you know it finishes and you kind of just go yeah like you give that sigh like all right they just sawed my leg off real slow at the end time to put put the shower off (laughs) it would be great if the album just Finished with like the guitar uh, stops, and then you just hear a shower bin. <laughs> we'll have to add that in post to this, yeah. to this podcast because I, I feel dirty just talking about it. But, but I mean, yeah, go for it. I, I mean, I just I take a stab at again, just by talking about things, things pop in your head, and you know, we don't know, we don't know what all the lyrics mean. We know he's referencing where, where Eagles Dare. And the facts, scars align. Just the words alone together, I think, are interesting. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if that means, uh, especially in the metal community, metalheads have a bond. They tend to have a bond because because we are willing to admit the darker side of things and come to terms with that and just be authentic in that sense. I think, and even if you're not a metalhead, you know, if your scars align, I interpret that as, you know like-minded suffering like oh you've suffered this way as well you've got that same scar oh you've been there you've been you've lost a loved one or you know someone that's been you know raped or molested or you lost you know 
any kind of loss, whatever, any kind of suffering. So the scars that we hold, if they align, maybe that's what it means. I don't know. I like that interpretation because it kind of goes back to the interview with Ryan McKenney that I was reading out before. Um, it could be a very literal scars. Yeah, it could be, uh, yeah. But also, you know, he said he sort of empathizes with lower class struggles or the mm-hmm. dark side. So I kind of like your interpretation that it's metaphorical for people who have shared bad experiences sure. coming together. And, you know, we may be overanalyzing it, but in light of not having any lyrics, yeah. what else can we do? It's so, part of the fun. And, I, and I, you know, that's, that's the beauty of music, that you don't always have to take the artist's interpretation of what it means. You can attach your own significance to it and... You know, then it just means something more to you. Once the art, once the art is out there, it's uh, it's open to to public interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's go and just, I guess, um, actually, before we go and give our. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it because you're holding it up. Let's do the <laughs> ratings. I can see yours from here, but why don't you tell the listeners? Your it's a nine, it's a nine out of ten. That's a big one. It's a big one. And it's, that, that, it's backed up by uh, pretty much everyone else in the world. Metacritic gave it a 79 out of 100. Absolute Punk gave it 91. Mm-hmm. So Absolute Punk liked it 1% more than I did. <laughs> Decibel's got you back with a yep, 9 out 9 of 10. 9 out of 10. Uh, All Music, 4 out of 5 stars. Yep. Revolver, 4 out of 5 stars. And I guess Rock Sound gave it 8 out of 10. Well, fuck you, Rock Sound. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not going to be happy with me, then. Okay. Um, This conversation that I've had with you has inspired me to go a little bit higher, so I'm going to go 8 out of 10. Nice. Um, In all honesty... What did you originally have it at? I had it at 7. Okay. But I think going through the reviews connecting to what people are saying and the shared like language that we all have has made me kind of realize the experience and the journey that you go on with this album but i honestly don't really have anything bad to say it every it's just down to personal taste that i don't rate it high you know this is not my general cup of tea but i'm Mm. really glad that we've had this experience to so I've listened to it, and, and there's definitely, as we've been through the highlights, there's definitely songs that I will listen to again. I wasn't sure that I'd like it the, the, the minute I listened to it, but grew into it. Felt like I wanted more when it actually finished, but probably couldn't take any more. I, <laughs> I, I think it's perfect length for yeah. the content. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's relentless. It's brutal. It's chaotic at times, but again, I think this sums it up for me perfectly, that line, dark agility. I think that's perfect. So it's an 8 out out of 10. It was originally a 7, but now it's an (laughs) 8. So that's big. That's big for both of us. Um, Before we close off, um, I uh, went and did did a little bit of research because obviously um, I like to see these albums how significant they were to i've never seen trap them live Mm -hmm. you unfortunately didn't either what were their sort of favorite tracks what did they play in um in the live sets and unfortunately trap them have since disbanded 
a couple of years ago, but I got their set list from their final show in, nice. in Sonia, Cambridge. Uh, oh, they opened up with that. Yeah, they opened up with Scars Align, which is really, I thought that was super interesting because it's a perfect closer. Yeah. That's quite an interesting way to start the show. Yeah. But that final show um, of 17 tracks, they played four from Darker Handcraft, Scars Align, Evictionaries, Slum Cult and Gather, which is a great song as well. Uh-huh. And The Facts. So three out of four of those were our highlights from the album, but... Four out of 17 is is fairly good in terms of repre- uh, representation of the album. Um, for them in total, of the... Uh, I think this might have just been from um, 2017, mm-hmm. the songs that they were playing that year. Um, Evictionaries was the top track that they played that year, 30 times. They played The Facts 29 times. And interestingly, they played All by the Constant Vulse, which is... The fifth track on the album, maybe also a good song. Played that nineteen times, so it's clear that certain tracks from this album were among the most standout that the band ever produced. Yeah, I'm on uh, Decibel magazine, and they had <clears throat> with with the advent of the band wrapping up their career, they posted an article top top ten trap them songs, and Evictionaries and the Facts is on that list, which they obviously. You went to the same website as you. Yeah, and I've got the Decibel one here as well because I thought that was interesting. Yep. It's, it's nice to see... Um, yep, I got the same notes. ...what people would call their... Um, you know, what was the impact of this album in terms of the body of work that the band put out. So there's two tracks that made the list um, and they're two of our songs that made the list for us, The Victionaries and The Facts. So, Dead on. Did you, vi- re- did you visit any of their other albums? Not yet, not yet, because I've been completely consumed with this one. Yeah. How about you? Are you uh... Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone on to listen to Blissfucker, and I think their last album, The Feral Crown, was, was decent as well. But none left the impact that this, that this album did. did, start to finish. Um, and on obviously, their, I guess we'd call it their opus. So the, the best tracks by this band are going to be on this album. Other albums are worth checking out. Still good music, uh, worth checking out, listening to. But this is the one for me. That's great. Right, well, I don't think there's anything else, really. Um, Nine out of ten for you, eight out of ten for me. Both enjoyed the album. Um, Let's uh, let's go get a shower. Let's do it. (laughs) Get rinsed. rinsed.